Here it is, the Pistons Pod, with your host, Matt Derry. We've turned the page into February. Welcome into the Pistons Pod, everybody. Pistons on the West Coast, Game 3 of their four-game, now four-game, West Coast trip coming up on Friday night as Detroit will travel to Phoenix to take on the Suns, a 9 o'clock Eastern time start, and then Saturday night, second leg of a back-to-back to finish out the road trip in L.A. against the Lakers, a 10 o'clock start time, a rematch of last week's game at the LCA when the Pistons knocked off LeBron James and company and really played their best game of the year, 107-92. As we welcome into the podcast today, our guest coming up in minutes, Sam Mitchell. 13-year NBA vet, former NBA coach of the year, now an analyst on NBA TV, and also you can catch him on Sirius XM NBA Radio, hosting a bunch of uh, different shows. Sam's awesome. Great to talk to, um, and we'll give us some insight on what Dwayne Casey's going through on the coaching end with the coaching staff, and certainly, um, you know, as we head into February, what this Pistons team is looking right uh, looking like right now in the eyes of Sam Mitchell. But the club, of course, uh, played Tuesday night in Utah, lost 117 to 105 to drop to 5 and 16. But again, it's the same old story with this team. It's a young team learning how to win. There are injuries, there are, you know, COVID issues, of course, with the cancellation of, or the postponement, I should say, of Monday's game in Denver. And the team rolling with the punches had to get right back up off the mat after, you know, getting ready to play in Denver, being in the locker room, getting ready to go. Game gets postponed to fly to Salt Lake, have to play the next night against a very good Jazz team. And again, it was a a case where uh, the better basketball team won, but the Pistons were in it and scratching and clawing to the very end, despite losing 117-105. You know, Jeremy Grant continues to do his thing. We'll ask uh, Sam Mitchell about Jeremy scoring 27 points. But they've been fun to watch. And again, they're they're learning, uh, they're growing, and uh, they're battling right now. And we'll see how they do Friday and Saturday in Phoenix and in Los Angeles. All right, a real honor for me to welcome this guy into the Pistons pod today. Love his work on both NBA TV and Sirius XM NBA radio as an analyst covering the league, and of course, the former NBA Coach of the Year many years ago with the Toronto Raptors, and former NBA player Sam Mitchell is with us today. What's up, Coach? How you doing, Matt? Good to hear your voice, my friend. Um, how you been? How you, how you surviving as, uh, as we get into the well, wintertime here? I'm just trying to do like the doctors say and be, be uh, mindful of my surroundings. I wear my mask. Uh, I try to keep six so the six feet and third up away from people. And when I go to the store, I go in, I get what I need, and I leave, man. I just, uh, you know, I just care about everybody around me and myself included and just trying to do the best I can, man, like everyone else. Just yeah. trying to look out for my fellow citizens. I, I love it. You should run You should run for mayor one of these days. No. no. <laughs> I'm going to run for something, man. I, it's got to be big, man. Just to get it got to it, it can't be anything shorter than governor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam. So, what are your thoughts on? Uh, let's start with the Pistons. Obviously, it's the Pistons podcast here at Pistons dot com, and um, it, it is a rebuild. And I know your friend Dwayne Casey's running this thing, and they're in every game. I know you watch a lot of the games. What are your thoughts as this team kind of trudges through February right now? Man, it's just tough. You know, Matt, when you're having a, a condensed schedule during this pandemic. You're playing a lot of back-to-backs. You're playing four or five games in seven, eight days. It's tough, and you're trying to develop players, win games, because people talking about development and, 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 and how does that work. 
Well, if you lose too much, Matt, you've been around a long time, that can have a negative effect. So how much do you lose in your development? So when I look at the Pistons, I look at the addition of Jeremy Grant, that that was a great sign that you can attract a free agent that young and that talented to a team that's on the rebuild. So that was a huge sign. I think Detroit is headed in the right direction. I love the coaching staff led by Dwayne Casey. I like the management. Uh, obviously, they just got to continue to get lucky in the draft and keep adding talent. But, Matt, you know this, man. You have to add talent. And the draft is an inexact time. So you have to get lucky. And, you know, the, the law of averages tell you the more you pick in the top five, the better chances you are of securing guys that are really, really talented. But it's still a crapshoot, man. So your player development program got to be spot on. Your, your, your scouts out there drafting and making recommendations got to be uh, spot on. But I think they have the right coach, the right system, and everything in place. It's just now about being patient enough and let these young players grow and develop and take their lumps. And, Matt, you know this, learning how to win in the NBA when you're young and not ready to win, it can be grueling. It's, it's, uh, no one's going to show you any mercy, but that's how you win. There's a lot of blowouts. I know even last night, uh, the Wednesday night ESPN game, the, the Pacers and Bucks was a bit of a route. I throw it on, and it's already a 30-point yeah, game. Me. I, I was really looking forward to that game. Yeah. Because Milwaukee had been struggling. Indiana had been playing well. I like the fact that Indiana got two bigs. It's a bonus and Turner against Giannis and Lopez. So I was really excited about that game. And, man, and what he told me, Matt, not to cut you off, but watching that game, what he told me, yeah. a lot of this is scheduling, man. Yeah, A lot of this is, 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 and coaches have not made the adjustment from this standpoint. The NBA expanded the roster to 15 for a reason. Use it. <laughs> right. You know, and that's the thing, coaches. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Coaches have to be forced into using their bench. And what I mean by that is, uh, the year that the Raptors won, the year after the championship, I think, Nick Nurse started the season playing seven guys. And then he had a rash of injuries, and that's how he found out about Davis and Bouchard and those guys, how good they were, because he was forced to play them. You have a 15-man roster. This is when you learn, especially if you're Detroit, this is when you teach guys how to play. And this is the thing, man. Divvy up the minutes a little bit. Make guys feel like they have to earn it. Don't just give a guy, if, I, if we're not going to win, don't just give a guy 38 minutes a game. Make him earn it. Make everything competition. Wayne Emery used to say this all the time. Our job in management is to get talent. The coach's job is to try to figure out how to use it. Oh, my gosh. You just brought up Wayne Embry. I, uh, I was having Cle- no, I was having flashbacks. I was having flashbacks to my youth going to the Richfield Coliseum. I grew up in Cleveland, and Wayne put those Cavs teams together. Man, that was that's not that was not an easy place to recruit players. I that, that arena was hard playing. It was big. It was cavernous. And the thing that was crazy, I remember Brad Donnelly used to tell us that after practice, they used to go back, go back uh, behind the stadium and go ahead. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Sam Mitchell with me. Uh, my point earlier, too, Sam, is there's so many blowouts, yet the Pistons are in every game. And you expect 5-16 and 16 and having the worst, tied for the worst record in the league, yet they're competing even the other night against the Jazz. They could have quit in the third quarter, but there they were battling the entire time. Well, that's a testament to Dwayne, isn't it? Yeah, that's a testament to you, Coach and staff. Look, when your team is losing, people look for signs to try to say things are disorganized, things are not going in the right direction. And I remember this. The year that Brian Colangelo came in to the Toronto Raptors and took over as GM, he took over like the first quarter of the season, or early in the season. 
And Matt, we were one in ten. And everybody kept saying the day Brian Clemzo walked in there, he's gonna fire Sam Mitchell. And that was his intent. He told me that. But he said, Wayne Emery said to him, he said, Well, Brian, before you make that decision, you don't know this coach. Why don't you just give it a week and just kind of sit back like a wall, a fly on the wall and observe it before you come in and make changes? And Brian Clemson said, okay. So he came in seeing a one in ten team and he came to the first practice and we was organized. And the guys were disciplined and everybody was working hard. And then he came to the next practice. And then he came to the next game, and we played hard, and we competed. And everybody was doing what they're supposed to do. And the players had a great attitude. Now, we're 1-10. And, and at the end of a week, when he called me in the office, we were sitting down talking. He was like, Sam, I'm going to be honest with you. When I took over a team that's 1-10, I thought it was going to be discombobulated, uh, disarray, players doing what they want to do, not working hard. He said it was totally opposite. Hmm. So he said what it told me was it's not the coaches. It's the talent. So if Dwayne Casey got these these guy players playing hard, he's got them organized to learn how to be professionals. His veterans are leading. Everything is in check. He's checking all the boxes that a coach is supposed to check, and, and those checks are giving him an A, and the only box he's not checking because of wins, then it tells you it's lack of talent. So as long as he's doing those things and those players are playing hard, Matt, they're competing to the end, they're not quitting, they're giving themselves a chance each and every night. And if you don't show up and play like the Lakers did, they'll beat you. Then Dwayne Casey is checking every box and everything is headed in the right direction. Now it's on management to do like they were able to do with Jeremy Grant. If you can attract another Jeremy Grant in the offseason for free agency, if you can get lucky in the draft, and if some of your young players start to develop and get better all of a sudden, look at the Knicks right now. Look at the Chicago Bulls. Look at OKC. It doesn't take long, Matt, to turn this thing around. I think Detroit, they're one player away from being one of those teams that can that's one in one through that one in ten spot that have a chance to get in the playoffs. Great chatting with, with Sam Mitchell. This is a lot of fun. You can catch him on Sirius XM NBA Radio, see him on NBA TV as well. Tell me about uh, what are your thoughts on watching Isaiah Stewart, the rookie out of Washington, people comparing him to Ben Wallace and Dennis Rodman, and obviously that's we're a little premature, but boy, he's fun. He gets under people's skin, and and the, and the big man that does the, the the little things and the lunch pail stuff is it's kind of a lost art uh, these days in the NBA, isn't it? Yeah, but that's the something, man. If you can find a big guy that's active and, and can create space on the floor, see, that's what I thought was the Lakers' big advantage last year: Dwight Howard and Javale McGee. Those big active bodies just create a space, man. They just beat you up, and if they if he can. Be in the mode of Ben Wallace and Dennis Rodman. Then you got to some special. Very few players can affect the outcome of an NBA game other than scoring. Uh, on the defensive end, you have to be special. So if you can help your team win games with your activity, being relentless defensively and on the glass, and throwing your body around creating space, then that's a talent. And if you can do that uh, on a consistent basis night in and night out, then you do have some special. How long does it take these younger players? You know, the Pistons obviously have a guy like Sekou on the roster. It's his second year, but he's only 20 years old. The game has, has changed, and, you know, he was drafted where he was drafted, and um, but but obviously needs time. But but patience and this Twitter world we're in, Sam, people are watch one game and they make, they make judgments. How hard is it to stay patient with, with some of these young kids these days? Yeah, Matt, you and I know better, man. Remember when I came in the league, Matt, unless you was like the number one pick or number two pick of the draft, you didn't play a lot your rookie year. Some guys didn't. 
And that was okay, and it was expected. Now things are different. You know, you look at NFL quarterbacks, they draft them right out of college and move, throw them out their starters. That never used to happen. So that's the league that we play in. But I would say this to people. Just every now and then, just take a step back. Remember Victor Oladipo? Yeah. Remember how the Orlando Magic gave up on him? How would Victor Oladipo look in an Orlando Magic uniform right now when their biggest struggle is putting the ball in the basket? So my point is, look, if you scouted, drafted, developed this kid, and you think this kid has talent, and he has the mentality, and he has to work at it, and it don't happen the first year, that's when you got to be a little smarter and a little patient and trust your instincts and trust the fact that you scouted, drafted, and developed this kid and show him their faith in him and hang with him a little bit longer. You know, we're too quick to bail because of the criticism we get from the outside. But you know this. If you start listening to the people in the stands, you're going to be sitting with the people in the stands. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> what you were planning on. So you have to believe in yourself, believe in, 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 in the strategies and things that fail safe that you got in place to help you make the right decisions on players. And if you've done those things, then if a guy doesn't, if it, if it doesn't happen that first year, be a little patient. Because, again, it depends. You know the kid. You're working with him every day. You see, look in his eyes. You know, it didn't happen for Zach Levine like it happened quickly for Andrew Wiggins and Carl into town. But look at Zach Levine now. Because he put the work in. He had coaches who were patient, who were understanding, who understood that it don't happen for everybody overnight like it happens for some guys. And you look at Zach Levine right now. Who wouldn't want him on their basketball team? Yeah. That's true. Very true. All right, final thing for Sam Mitchell. I uh, love the conversation with Sam here. You know, you, you coached, you played in the league. How hard is it for these coaches and these players to get in their routines when there's no one in the stands? And I know there's some fans, and they're letting some in in some buildings, and, and others, it just depends on the states that they play in. But, it, it, you know, the, the routine of what you can recall going back to the bubble from last year, now this year, it's got to be a little strange for these kids, isn't it? Yeah, it's got to be. But for the coaches and stuff, I think the hardest thing for the coaches is lack of prep time, lack of floor time with the players, lack of development time because of all the protocols. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. I think, look, the fans affect more the players than they do the coaches. As a matter of fact, as a coach, when I can communicate a lot clearer and easier with my players, it's an advantage for me. Now, the problem is you hear <laughs> Like the other night in Atlanta, LeBron James, you have rabbit ears. You hear everything yeah. in these empty arenas. And that can be a problem. So the other team now can hear your play call. You know, man, we used to send scouts and buy them tickets to sit close to the opposing team bench so we could try to get their play call. Right? Oh, yeah. You don't have to do that now. <laughs> so now it's, it's changing how coaches communicate with their team because, you know, and man, I don't put that big an emphasis on I used to tell uh, my coaches' friends this all the time. They do all this work to disguise a play. And you know what I used to tell them? After the first time you run it, it's on tape. And if it's and if you get a wide-open shot or an easy basket, we're going to flag that play, and we're going to scout it for next time we, we play you, or we're going to flag it at halftime, and we're going to be ready for it in the third quarter. So for all the time and effort and energy you put into trying to be so secretive, you do, I have to remind my, I used to remind my coaches, you do realize after you run it one time, the cat's out the bag. 
And, or I used to like what uh, uh, Rick Carlisle used to say a long time ago when he coached the Pistons. Well, we're going to keep running it until you stop it. I mean, if we execute, we set a screen. and You know, that was the If you execute it, Larry Brown used to tell us this all the time. Bill Mussman used to say, excuse me. He was a football player at Ashland, Ohio, over in college. I think that's what Coach Muscle was. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, he used to say all the time, you know, and he played offensive guard. Can you imagine as small as Coach Muscle was playing offensive guard? And he said, we used to tell the opposing team, sweet right. Now stop it. Yeah, that's right. It's one thing, like, it's one thing to know it's coming. It's another thing to do something about it. Sam, what a great conversation. Thanks so much. You're welcome anytime, my friend. Sam Mitchell with us, former NBA coach, coach of the year, former NBA player, and now an analyst on NBA TV. You can watch him on there and also on Sirius XM NBA Radio. That'll do it for another edition of the Pistons Pod right here on Pistons.com. We'll talk to you next week.